Welcome into the Locked On Syracuse podcast, Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off your first order. Tim, this is not an easy show to do. I mean, with everything going on in the country right now, yeah. and we're here with you every single day on the Locked On Syracuse podcast, and we hope we've been able to keep you company through tough times, but more tough times have emerged in this country. I do want to start off with just a, a brief Syracuse note, and it's Floyd Little. He's been diagnosed with cancer, and Floyd, if you've been a Syracuse fan, you've seen him at the games. You've probably watched him at some point or another if if you're an older fan in, in that regard, and just the smile on his face whenever you saw him at Syracuse games is something that we're all rooting for you, Floyd. I, we're talking to Justin Knight later on in this episode, and in tomorrow's episode with Justin, he's going to get into a really cool Floyd Little story about how they became friends, and Floyd's been a mentor for him. But we're all rooting for you, Floyd, and we know the yeah. rest of the Syracuse community is as well. Yeah, it's. I think just the fact that Justin Knight had that type of relationship with him says a lot about Floyd Little. And I saw Dino Babers came out and made a statement today, and you know, I think the whole Orange family, Ohana, as Dino Babers calls it, will be rallying around him. It's really was sad to see that because he's such a big part of the Orange family. So you said it best. We're rooting for him and best wishes to him and his family. He, he's run through tacklers before and cancer is just another tackler yeah. that we know Floyd Little is going to run right through. Next, it'd be irresponsible to avoid this. Running from this it really does no good in in shying away from what's going on in the country right now. And that, that's the, the protests and uh, everything that's going on in the aftermath of the, the killing of George Floyd. And when you look at what's happening in the country, I mean, Tim, you and I, you're, you're white. I, I'm, I'm half white. I'm, I'm half Asian. I listen, we'll never know what it's like to, to get pulled over by the cops and have to fear for, for what might happen to us next. I mean, when, I, when I've gotten pulled over by the cops, the only thing I'm fearful of is, is the butt whooping that I'm going to get from my parents when I come home. Um, but it's much different for these people. They, they're fearful of if they're going to, to even go home at the end of, of their encounter. And that's something that, I mean, we'll never understand, but that doesn't mean we can't show compassion. We can't show empathy. Listening is a big thing of, of getting through what we're going through right now. And I just think that to see the scenes of, of everything that's happening right now, I mean, I went into work Sunday morning and the scene going into work that morning at six in the morning in Chicago, the, the heart of the loop where there was a, a big protest the night before and you saw cars flipped over, cars set on fire, stores looted. I mean, an entire avenue essentially got, got their windows knocked in. And it's strange because I'm walking down and it, it's weirder when I was walking down there to see a store that actually had its windows still up. And, and, wow. and that's the crazy, sad part of of what has happened. And listen, I, I may have been inconvenienced for a day going into work and there's glass shards and maybe I get a flat tire. But for a lot of these people, they're, they're inconvenienced every single day by, by waking up in their own skin color. And, and that's something that's just not right. Yeah, it's really it's just a not a proud time to be an American whatsoever right now. And a scary time 
But obviously, like you said, I think it's important for people to share their stories right now. I think it's important to listen. And the part that really gets me is, you know, this isn't something that's brand new. This has been a pattern. And this is something that has happened time and time again in terms of police brutality. And, you know, I was listening back to the Tupac song changes like he wrote that whenever late 90s like that's obviously just one small example this has been going on for far too long and change is needed right now hundreds of years yeah so if there's anything that anyone can do to help promote change i think that's what everyone should be striving for and this is a very serious thing the the scary thing for me is I don't feel great about us getting to a solution. And I, I really do feel like, you know, not even bringing in politics here, but it just feels like the country is divided here. Um, and I, I'm not, it's not a good time to be an American, but I think it's very important to keep sort of spreading stories. And, you know, obviously this is serious stuff and change needs to happen in the near term and change needs to happen for real this time because this has been a pattern and a trend that is kind of just sad that it's gone on this long. And listen, we, the only way this works is if everyone unites, comes together. I mean, yeah. Tim, we, we do this podcast because we're, we're Syracuse fans. We're Syracuse alums. People are listening to this podcast because they're Syracuse fans. Maybe they're Syracuse alums. Listen, over half of the Syracuse men's basketball roster is black. Jim Beheim has two assistants on his side that are black. About 65% of the Syracuse football team is black. The head coach is black, with black men on his staff. Coach Q of the women's basketball team is black, as is most of his staff, as are most of his players. Yeah. If you're going to go into the Carrier Dome and support them when they're wearing their uniforms, don't turn your back on them when they're not. Okay, because they they need you now more than ever. And and just because they're not wearing a Syracuse uniform right now doesn't mean that you shouldn't have their back. If you're going to have their back when they're putting on two, three hours of entertainment for you, you you just you owe it to them to give it back to them and and just release the hatred from your heart. It's not hard to listen. It's not hard to show compassion. Yeah. And that's just that's something that I'll never understand. Right. I thought the the protest out in front of the White House today, and it's it's tough to look at Twitter right now and look anywhere because as it should be, that's sort of an outlet for news, and that's a lot of the news right now. and And these videos are really scary in terms of what you're seeing about how the police are treating African Americans. But that protest outside the White House, which I'm sure you saw a tie of everyone kneeling down and saying stop killing black people was a beautiful, peaceful protest. And, you know, we live in a country where we can do that. And I think we need more of that right now in a peaceful manner. And honestly, just whatever you can do to help kind of spread change right now, because a lot of this stuff is, is built up frustration, but it's, it's there for a reason. And, and it's been going on for, for far too long. So I think it's important we took some time to kind of discuss this at the start of the show today. We'll get to this interview with Justin Knight, and and you know we're not going to 
do this all the time, but I, I do think it's very important that, that we do this. And it's sad times we're living in. I know 2020 has not been a good year for a lot of people, but like you said, everyone's just got to take the time to unite and try to come together as much as possible. Yeah, it would have been it would have been very cowardly of us to shy away from an issue like this because listen, there's more to life than sports and we're obviously seeing a lot of that right now and hey, if you if you want to see change, go out and vote. And, and it's not just the big elections. If you want to see change, yeah. Look look at your judges, look at your aldermen, look at I mean, it's not just your president and your mayor. I mean, there's more to politics and there's more to that that can create change. And listen, I'm just as big of a, a culprit of, of this as well, that I'm not as informed as I should be. I, I couldn't tell you every single politician that I, I'm filling out on the ballot. I mean, I'll look at a ballot and sometimes you see someone running unopposed, so you give them the vote. And sometimes you see some people and they're all in the same party, so you think they all have the same ideals. Listen, it's not true. I mean, people are different. Yeah. People have different ideals. And... Go out and vote. Inform yourself because that's the only way that we're going to see change. And I will leave this on a on a brighter note before we before we move on to our interview with Justin Knight. And today, when I was leaving work, um, I saw a mother and her three sons. And listen, we're all products of our environment. And that mother yeah. and her three sons. They were picking up the glass shards of of the different businesses that that had been looted the night before and the the windows had been broken in and they were picking it up and the kids were no more than 12 years old. They were no younger than eight years old. And listen, it starts wow. in the home. It starts with the people that that are teaching the next generation of of humans and, and to show that human decency and just to to see some someone who really was, I mean, they, they didn't have to do that. And just to see them go out and do that, it it meant a lot to me. And it showed that there is good in this world too. So go out yeah. and, and, and do something to make some change because that that is the world that, that we can live in if we so choose to. Right. That's powerful. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. So we just wanted to, to leave you all with that before we, we do talk to Justin Knight. Justin ha has a lot of fun stuff and don't worry, we are going to talk with Justin about about just sports and basketball and the things that you and I love and the things that you and I use as a distraction to get away from what's going on in the world right now. So let's start this. Let's talk to Justin Knight. Before we get to Justin Knight, let's tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is an amazing protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It comes in 16 amazing flavors and it's all covered in delectable 100% chocolate. Built Bars have been revolutionizing my workouts, Ty. I did one today, ran about a mile and a half and got back and went right to the Built Bar. It's something that you can look forward to during the workouts. They got some new flavors. There's Really no better time to jump on the bandwagon right now with Built Bars because I'm telling you, it keeps you motivated during this quarantine time to get in a workout because you got a little bit of a treat at the end. And you know who's going to motivate you? 
Justin Knight. He's going to motivate yeah. you on how you can get a great workout in because this dude is logging some miles. Built Bar, great for the health-conscious guy, and you can lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. All right, it is an honor and it is a pleasure to be talking with one of the most decorated athletes in Syracuse history, a Division I individual champion, and a guy who runs a faster mile than both you and I and has definitely logged more miles during this quarantine than anyone I know. Justin Knight joins the program. Justin, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tyler. Before we get into any of the running and any of the other Syracuse stuff with you, I just wanted to ask you how you, your family, and everyone that's close to you is doing during these times. Yeah, thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Um, so far, everybody's doing well. Um, currently, I'm here in Charlottesville, Virginia, where I train. Um, my girlfriend's with me, and uh, she's a Syracuse native herself and graduated from Syracuse University. So, um, yeah, we're just kind of you know, weathering the storm out here, um, VA hasn't been hit as hard as New York or Ontario, so um, it was kind of best for us to kind of stay put. But everybody else in our family, uh, both our parents on both of our sides are doing well. That's good to hear. So I know that, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Virginia is not hit as hard, so maybe there are some things that you can do that people in New York can't do right now, but what what is Justin Knight do? I know you're practicing a lot and and you're you're logging a lot of miles during these times and running is a great sport that you can do during the quarantine period as well. But what are you doing during these times outside of running? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, fortunately enough, yeah, running is one of those things where you know as long as you can go outside, as long as that's part of the rules, you know, you can you can still do it. Um, personally, I I've still been kind of I've probably been going a little bit overboard to be honest um just because we don't really know too much about the virus and uh I'm one of those people that likes to prepare for the worst so um I've isolated myself I don't like see my teammates I practice um solo by myself and um you know I, I come home I relax I, I pretty much watch everything that Netflix has to offer so, <laughs> I, so you gotta I do Amazon be, Prime uh, next right yeah, I do. I do. If you have any recommendations, please send them my way. But um, yeah, I actually got like a mini basketball hoop, like a, a okay. real nice one. Like, yeah, it's like made out of glass and like a real rim and stuff. So I just been putting oh, up wow. stuff with my girl and like playing horse <laughs> and stuff like that. So. <laughs> Hey man, you gotta yeah. you gotta keep entertained any way that that you can. I know you're a big hoop head. We will get to some basketball stuff in here because I do want to talk ball with you a little bit. But sure. um, have you had a lot of people reach out to you? I mean, you're a professional runner, and I know that running is a sport that a lot of people have taken up during these times. Have a lot of people, friends, family, or or maybe just acquaintances, reached out to you saying, "Hey, can can you get me on a little running routine here?" Yeah, I mean, I haven't really had too much in my family. I think, like, uh, a lot of my family members, like, even though they can't go into the office, like, they still have to work from home. So they might okay. not have as much free time as uh, they would have liked to to kind of start a new running regiment. But uh, I've had some friends reach out. Even uh, one of my friends, and you guys know him well, Zach Mahoney. You know, I had a good, I had a good chat with him 
couple of weeks ago. We were, we were just catching up with each other, and then uh, he asked me, like, you know, the best way he can start getting back into running and, like, building a base and stuff. So it was really cool just to talk with him about that. That is really cool that, that even though you guys play different sports and, and football and running, they're, they're in the same season. So maybe you, you, you overlap in the in manly and, and that's how you guys get to know each other a little bit. I, I always find that cool. Yeah. And that's something that I think is so unique about you because not, not to stereotype, but the runners and the football players you want to stereotype okay we can stereotype i mean i was a runner a little bit in high school myself so the the runners and the football players i mean their body builds are very different their training regimens very different and don't think of the runners being friends with the football players the runners being friends with the basketball players but that's something that you did you were different how did those relationships develop yeah i mean um I just think, like, I always think of myself as a personal person. Like, uh, no matter who it is, um, I always give people, like, the benefit of the doubt. And I, I want, like, I like having a lot of friends. I like meeting new people and making new relationships. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't tell you exactly where all my friendships started. But, you know, we do bump into each other a lot at Manly. Um, of course, like, all of us being student athletes, like, we follow Syracuse success like whether you know cross country brought home an ACC championship I know like a lot of the football basketball guys would always show their respect to us and um you know we do the same for them as well and um it's just always been really nice and then even aside from that like when we're on our off season like you know I'll bump into a lot of people um you know at parties and stuff and they'd always like they're just cool people and um I think on on the basketball side um I actually used to get treatment done by uh brad pike who is the basketball trainer and um i used to kind of just like go into the mellow center and um while i was waiting to get treatment i'll just be putting up shots in the basketball uh um, (laughs) center over there and um it's just so funny because like even i look at my relationship with the guys on the basketball team and they're just mad They're, they're really cool guys and i think like a lot of people like they see them on campus and like you know, you don't really see six, seven, six, eight guys like walking around casually or even like the seven footers. And um, people are like, oh my gosh, like, wow. And like, they're kind of nervous to talk to them. But um, just kind of like being in that mellow center and being able to walk in there kind of whenever. And uh, I, would, I obviously wasn't a part of their team, but like just kind of sharing the same environment for like a small part of the day, you get to see them as like, they're actually like, such cool kids like they're talking about games video games making fun of each other so um i think i saw them in a different light and they got a chance to know me in a good way as well so when you're in the mellow center getting some shots up has jim Beheim ever come by and critique the jumper <laughs> no he's never come by and take a jumper I, I usually try to stay off the court when he's there because i mean <laughs> coach Beheim, he he's one of the nicest people i've ever met and I, i've had the pleasure to kind of you know, talk to him on a, a, a number of times, but uh, I just feel bad because I'm like, I'm not on the team and I don't want to be like interrupting practice and stuff. So whenever he's there, like I just try to stay on the side or at least not on the main court, but I've been putting up shots and then he'll be looking from his office. I've seen him like glance and be like, oh, that kid, you can kind of shoot for not, not a basketball player. So. so he never gave you a walk-on offer. Oh man, to be honest, it's so funny. Um, I used to joke around with, Mr. Pike, the trainer, and mm-hmm. I'd always say like, if I win an NCAA title, 
you got to coach, you got to convince Coach Beheim to let me suit up for a game. <laughs> and, and he actually, like, we made a deal. And then um, I, I can't remember, like, I actually eventually I ended up winning a NCAA title. Right. And then, um, and then I was like, yo, Brad, what am I going to suit up and stuff? And then he was kind of making fun of me. He's like, do you really want to be that guy? And then, like, I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just show up to the game. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like yeah. I would have taken that. I mean, you you won an NCAA title. I feel like they got to hold up their end <laughs> after that. And I mean, uh, yeah. if you're cool with all the guys, I feel like they'd like having you on the bench. Oh, I'm I'm sure they would. I know I know a lot of those guys like Shay, Tyus, Elijah. Like they would have been mm-hmm. cool with it, but I, I never made the deal with like Coach Bay Bayheim or G Mac right. or those guys. It was just with uh <laughs> with Brad, but. You know, they've been extremely nice to me. And, like, I, I've gotten to shoot around uh, when Coach Devendorf's there, Coach G. Mack, and, um, you know, Coach Autry. Like, they were always super nice to me. Like, I even remember some kids were, like, taking a visit to Syracuse, like, for the basketball program. And Coach Autry would always stop me and be like, hey, come talk to this guy. you got to tell him how good Syracuse is. And then he would, like, hype me up to these basketball players saying, like, I'm an NCAA champion and, like, how much I mean to the school. And I was just like, damn, like, you really didn't have to do that. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> That's awesome. I've always said, yeah. and I don't think I've said it on this podcast yet, but I, I do want to get this out there. During my time at Syracuse, because we overlapped a little bit, if there was a mayor of Syracuse athletics, it's you. Because you're just, you've got the million dollar smile. You've got it. I mean, everyone likes you. I I just always thought you were the coolest dude in all of athletics. So I want to get that out on the table. Oh, man, Tyler, I appreciate that. That means a lot. And are you, are you still at Syracuse right now? No. So I graduated, I graduated 2019. So I think what you were, what, 2018? 2018, yeah, you were the year after yeah. Gotcha. Hey, well, if you're ever back in town, I'll be back in town for some of these games after this quarantine and stuff is over or yeah. society recovers from all this and, you know, we can link up and actually, you know, maybe get some food at Varsity or something and have a good chat. Absolutely. I know you got in on our restaurants tweet. And I think that's how we made our initial connection <laughs> to work. So we're going to talk food yes. in a little bit also. <laughs> All right. Hold on just a second, Justin, because I need to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars these days, it's pretty much impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. But hey, guess what? That doesn't mean you don't need to repair your car and maintain it as well to save money. That's where Rock Auto comes in. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com also offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market is like. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login at all. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and diyers why spend up to twice as much 
for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And don't forget, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Again, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we're the ones who sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Let's yeah. get to the running because that's what everyone wants to hear about from from a Division One champion that 2017 race. Now I'm going back reading through some old stories to prepare for this, and I, I'm reading through and I found this old Daily Orange article. I believe it was written by Matthew Gutierrez, who we have on this program all the time, and yeah, he he wrote about how you cramped not even halfway through the race. And for anyone that's run, all right, let alone a distance runner, if you're just going out on a casual one, two mile run, if you're cramping halfway through, you're turning around and you're going home, but you're at not even 5k through and you're cramping up. Yeah. Where did you find this second gear? I mean, it's very, it's very hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. I think kind of me sharing that story with everybody kind of brought the human side to me because, you know, I was undefeated that whole entire year in the regular season, but, you know, I'm a human too. Like there's stuff that is beyond my control and um, it was hard for me. And I'm not going to lie. There is points in the race where I was like, man, I'm going to choke. Like this is my one opportunity that I know I'm prepared for. And I don't know if I can do it today. And um, I mean, the race is 10 kilometers. So like give or take that's 30 minutes. And there's a lot of thinking, you know, you have to be aware of what's going on in the race, but you do have a lot of time to kind of have some personal thoughts and, you know, kind of talk with yourself, not to sound like a weirdo or anything, but um, I just know that for the four years that I've been at Syracuse, that from when I was a freshman, all the sacrifices that I've made have all been gearing up to my last shot of eligibility trying to win and trying to bring home a individual cross-country title for Syracuse. And um, when I started cramping up, I mean, I wasn't defeated, but it kind of brought my likeliness of bringing that championship home a little bit, down a little bit. And um, during that race, I just kept thinking to myself, like, you know, you're going to be in pain for at least 15 minutes. But then after you cross that line, if you don't accomplish what you set out to do, you are going to never live it down and you're always going to regret not giving your 100% or, you know, just giving up when you felt tired, hurt, or or whatever it might be. So um, I, I had to adjust my my game plan a little bit. I, I let the Northern Arizona guys kind of take it out for me. I tried to um, – I didn't try to stay too close to them because I didn't want them to feel like I was challenging them so that they'd pick up the pace even more. So I gave them a little bit of distance. And then as the race got shorter and shorter and I was close to the finish line, that's where I was just like, Justin, hey, you got 800 meters left. You got to make this thing work because you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And um, fortunately, I was able to come out with the win. That's some really cool inside running stuff that, I mean, for me as someone who who's not a – who doesn't know a lot about the sport (laughs) yeah no that that does sound cool i mean it shows that there's strategy to the sport too i mean some people don't think that there's strategy to every single sport they they think that you're a cross-country runner you're a track runner so i'm just going to go out and just run fast for 10 kilometers (laughs) no there's there is strategy to every single sport and that's what i I find really cool but be honest here 
at around that 4K mark. How close were you to not like giving up and, and stopping your race there, but how close were you to saying, yeah. you know what, this isn't for me. I, I, I know I can't win this. <laughs> I was right on the line. I'm not even going to lie. And like, yeah, as I was saying, like, it was just one of those things where I was like, man, can I do this? Like, I already started getting that feeling of me being overhyped or a disappointment or someone that, you know, never followed through. Um, my time in NCAA, I mean, freshman year, I got 143rd. That's a scrap, whatever. But, you know, sophomore year, I got fourth in, in cross country. Junior year, I got second. And then, you know, my senior year was undecided. And I was just having all this feeling of doubt. And um, I know what it's like to be so close, but not yet accomplish what you set out to do. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of moments where I was just like, you know, hey, am I going to be able to do this? But at the end of the day, I was just like, I'm going to give it my all. If these guys beat me, they beat me. That's great. But I want to make sure that I cross that line knowing that I had nothing else to give whatsoever. And uh, fortunately, it came out in my favor. Once you cross that finish line, too, you got – one of my favorite pictures in, in Syracuse, <laughs> at least of my time oh. there, where you're, I don't even know what, what you call that celebration, but it's almost like a Superman, but it's not yeah. ripping the, the jacket open, but it's like flashing it open. I thought that was so cool. You know, it's funny. The last interview we did on this podcast was with Eric Devendorf, and he's got the iconic oh, picture yeah. of him standing up on the scorer's table. And now it's you. Uh -huh. I mean, th those are one, two. I don't know what order it's going, but those are one, two in terms of my favorite <laughs> Syracuse pictures. I mean, I, I, I'm like smiling ear to ear and it's like, it's so weird for me because um, you're not the first person that have made like comments like that, not necessarily about something specific like that, but it's just so cool to be compared to like legends like that and like legendary moments for me to, you know, go down in Syracuse history and people remember me for um, doing something that was great, that brought joy to the school. Like, it's really cool to hear, hear that coming from people. And, um, I really do appreciate that. I, I can say that I wasn't planning the celebration. I think, like, um, I knew how our jersey was designed. It said Q's, and when I was coming across the line, I was letting everybody know where I was representing and, you know, the city that I rep and the school that I rep. And uh, I actually ended up getting a great photo out of it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. I, I love that. You know, I might change that to my phone background. Like, that's how much I like that, <laughs> that picture. And, and like, I feel like that's uh, a, a good one for Syracuse fans because it's like I'm representing Cuse and th th it's really cool for yeah. me. So let's get into how you start getting into running because your sport is other people's sports punishment. I mean, just running, oh, running and, and, and <laughs> basketball players, football players, uh, hockey players. I mean, yeah. they hate just the, that, that aspect of the sport sometimes. So how did you get into becoming a runner? Yeah, and I mean, I guess we have all the time because I've listened to you guys' podcasts almost daily, so I know we have a lot of time. I oh, appreciate that. I can dive into it a little bit. Oh yeah, to, to be honest, I listen to you guys when I run. Like a lot of the times that I go out for my run, when no kidding. I decide. I, I love that. I, yeah, thank you. I love. I love. Yeah, I actually love you guys' podcast. It's great. It's um, you know, being away from Syracuse, it keeps me informed on you know all the topics that I, I hold close to my heart and everything. So I, I really enjoy hearing you guys and you guys are very um articulate and you guys present the information in a way that us fans want to listen to it so thank you thank i you. know that, that i kind of got a little off topic there but um <laughs> <laughs> how i got into running is it's actually a funny story um so as you know basketball was like my true love i um 
I played basketball from when I was probably like five years old all the way throughout um, the 11th grade of high school, actually. And um, I was on AAU teams. I played rep basketball. Um, I'd go to like the Pitt Jam Fest. I don't know if you ever heard of that um, AAU tournament. And um, actually, fun fact, Andrew Wiggins grew up in my neighborhood. So sometimes it was really cool. I mean, from as far as I remember, he was dunking from as long as I knew him. So (laughs) it's really good to see that he made it to the NBA. But um, back to my story. So basketball always played a huge part of my life. Um, In high school, I was a multi-sport athlete. I played basketball and volleyball. Um, My brother was a provincial champion on on the volleyball team. So I'd always, he's older than me, so I'd always try to follow his path uh, because he's like my hero. And um, I'll never forget, I was in gym class. And for some odd reason, I had a 68 in gym class. And I mean, mind you, like, I wasn't a bad student, but like, I I was a good student. But like, Uh I knew that gym was one of those marks where I was just like, this is my this is my 90, my, my 95. Like, this is my, my kind of just like my easy subject. So I went up to the, to the gym teacher and I was just like, coach, like, how do I have a 68 in gym class? Like, I'm the quarterback <laughs> in football. I'm doing well in basketball. Uh, badminton, I was pretty good at. And the only thing I couldn't do was hockey because I could skate, but I couldn't stop. So I had a little bit of trouble in the hockey unit that we had for gym class. And, That's a um, no-no in Canadian gym class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. Um, fun fact about my high school, actually, with the hockey is just that we have um, the most ever graduates to make it to the NHL. So, like, Tim Horton okay. went to my school, Jason Spezza, Tyler Sagan went to my school. The list goes on and on and on. But, um, sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. Back to the main story. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so then I ended up talking to the gym teacher, and I was just like, you know, Coach, what's going on here? Like, why do I have a 68 in gym class? And, you know, we had a talk and he kind of explained to me that, you know, you're a multi-sport athlete. And even though your teams are winning, your mark is based off of the effort that you're giving. And he said that, you know, yeah, I might be winning, but my effort is at 68%. But the kid in class that, you know, isn't that coordinated or maybe not the most athletic, He's giving his 9,500%, so his mark reflected that way. And um, the last unit left was running, so I was just like, Coach, like, I, I, I can't finish the school year with this mark. So, you know, <laughs> how, are we, how, can I, <laughs> how could I boost my mark up? And he said, well, you have to show me that, you know, you're, you're giving it your all. So the last unit's running, so, you know, show me that, and, like, maybe I can bump up your grade. And I was like, okay, say less. And, um Every day in practice, or not practice, but in gym class, I make sure I was at the front of the class, leading the group, uh, prepping for this 5K run. And um, at the end of the year, like all the grade 10 students, we have to run a 5K. Every single gym class has to run a 5K through this trail near our school. And um, I ended up breaking the school record for that 5K in gym class. Wow. And uh, yeah, and uh, beating a kid that was sixth in the province. Um, for track and field or cross country one of the two and my future uh coach uh mr bergen who coached me in high school 
he was a gym teacher as well, and he heard about the news, and he was like, oh, there's no way that kid did that. He must have been cheating, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and then my gym teacher was like, no, like, I was right beside him on the bike the whole time. And, like, you can even ask your athlete that's on your track team. Like, he won that pairing square. And um, there is there is not much of the season left, but they ended up convincing my parents to let me participate in the Toronto District Finals and then move later on to the Provincial Championship. And uh, that's kind of how I just got started in running. And then later that summer, I played basketball. I had no intentions on running again. And then uh, they did a pretty good job of convincing me to try it out for cross country the next year. Really fun stuff with Justin so far, and we're not just going to do it tomorrow with him. We're also running it back again on Wednesday. So on tomorrow's episode, we're going to get into more of how he got into Syracuse and just the whole recruiting process, how he became orange and stuff like that. Also, his training regiment for the Olympics that are now postponed to 2021 and how everything's sort of changing for him now that he's got an extra year to prepare. Be sure to check out the Locked On ACC podcast once you're done with this one and we will be back with Justin Knight tomorrow. Tomorrow.